Welcome to the Survival Sessions. My name is Sean Milne and this is The Return of Hepkelt. Cross the bridge from the main island at Lewis over to Great Bernary. You'll pass Crofts, a red telephone box, dramatic landscapes, and be greeted on the other side by a picture-perfect harbour. You'll soon find what was once a humble old crab shack, but it's now a solar-panelled building which becomes home to UK's most remote recording facilities. It took shape back in 2016 thanks to the vision of music producer Peter Fletcher and a half a million pound or so transformation, bringing state-of-the-art equipment, recording rooms, mixing and mastering kit, and even accommodation. Magic happens here. This is Black Bay Recording Studio on Kirkabos Pier and birthplace of the Black Bay Sessions, which are taking centre stage at Hepkill. You're listening to the Survival Sessions and I'm Sean Milne. And I'm delighted to be joined by Sean Harrison, who, along with his band, Scott Sea Park and the Sea Atlas, are pioneering this project for Friday's live stream event. Sean, I've got to ask, what is it like to make music there? It's, it's certainly very special. Um, it's a, a lovely facility that Pete's put together and it's, it's in a nice little corner of the world where you you can't be distracted easily you're just kind of left to your own devices but uh yeah fabulous fabulous environment great studio and and a very um a very helpful and and um supportive producer as well fantastic experience when we recorded there recently i was looking at some of the pictures of the place and it seems really really big there's huge windows gazing out across into the water loads yeah. of lights and um, different rooms i think there was one called a dead room they had the recording mm-hmm. room there's digs. How important is it for creativity to be working in the right environment? I mean, does it make much of a, dif- a difference being there, for instance, to say being in a pal's garage or a front room or, or wherever you go? I think, I think there's a certain relaxation about it um, when you're not, you know, preoccupied with your own kind of technical issues. If you're trying to do something in your own house, and all of the headaches are taken care of by by Pete. So. With a clear headspace, then I think you can just dedicate a bit more uh, of yourself to the recording process. Um, and we, we were quite fortunate to to get the chance to perform live there. And it was just it was very, very organized. Everything was was set up on arrival. And um, as you say, they've got the they've got the main recording room, um, which is, is quite a large room with the, the original uh, building beams are up in the in the ceiling, and he's removed the the floor from that, um, what used to be a loft. So you've got these fantastic acoustics um, in the building itself. And then, as you say, there was a couple of, of dead rooms where we had our um, our two guitarists, we had our amplifiers in a, in a room each. Uh, so they were isolated. And then our drummer, Andrew, was in a, a room at the far side where there's a, a glass door. So you can see into it, um, but it's isolated as well. So I suppose the beauty of the, there wasn't really any spillage from, from us playing live and then could all be recorded independently and then mixed so but uh, yeah fabulous place and the accommodation he gave us a two-hour um brilliant accommodation there and a, and a kitchen kind of dining area and of course you've got the sea just outside so if you need to clear your head um it's a perfect place it sounds like it's going to be a pretty special event what can you tell us about the project how did it all come about and how did you get involved well i was approached by um Gray McCallum 
with um, he kind of explained a bit about the the plans they had for this year, given the challenges that they've had and, and what they were, they were going to try and achieve in terms of putting together content for the audience. And it was mentioned that he would like to do a a kind of spotlight on on some of the contemporary musicians on the island. So he, he asked if we were we'd be interested, and of course, you know, we we jump at the chance. Um, mentioned that it was going to be recorded in the Black Bay studio which I hadn't been fortunate enough to have been in before um, so that was a, a, a good um, a good experience to jump at and uh, and it's it's good it's good promotion for us it really is um, to get our music out to well it's it's an unlimited audience now given that it's it's, it's online um, so hopefully we can hit the ears of some people who haven't heard us before and, and maybe they'll like what we're doing. And the whole thing's part of a film as well by David Martin. Mm-hmm. What, what was that experience like being involved in that? I, again, you'd, you'd hardly know that Dave was there, apart from just, you know, getting the nod when he was ready to hit record. Everything was set up in such a way. So we were, myself and the other guitarist, Jason, and Christopher, the bass player, were almost in a, a half semicircle, um, all socially distanced with uh, cameras just, um, you know, facing us and rotating. There was a, different, a few different cameras and of course, Andrew, the drummer, was in a, another room and he had his own cameras on him. So I believe the idea is to just try and take all the, the various camera shots and, and, and bring it together with the music. And uh, I think Dave's, Dave's going to do a, a great job of it. What do you think we can expect as an audience? But I think it's, I think it's going to capture, hopefully, you know, what we do, what we sound like. There's a, a bit of a, an interview um, section as well, which will give everyone a chance to get to know uh, the bands, uh, you know, Dave took the time to ask us a few questions, so I think that will be part of it as well. I, I think what, what we're going to have as a final product is, a, is hopefully three very interesting bands with different sounds, all bringing their own kind of unique styles and, and songs to what will be like a, a documentary and a, and a taster of the contemporary scene up here on the island. People have often tried to attach labels to your style of music, you know, contemporaries one, folk mm. rock, island alternative. From what I've heard, I'm not sure it can be pigeon-told. I think it's very original and, and compelling. How would you describe it? Yeah, I'm the same. I find it very difficult to to actually select a specific kind of label. I, I think there's strands of different things in it. Um, and obviously it's influenced by by what we we all grew up with and what we currently listen to. But there's aspects there of, of singer-songwriter. You know, the majority of the, of the people that I have been inspired by over the years are singer-songwriters, so that, that kind of makes its way into the songs. And there's an alternative edge as well, um, which has been inspired by, you know, some of the bands that we listen to. The the, the bass player and the drummer are, are into, I would say, slightly heavier music. Well, when I say heavier, I, I mean, I don't necessarily mean metal, but, um, you know, the kind of, um, well, for example, my bass player is a massive Iron Maiden fan. The drummer is into things like Tool, and Deftones, things like that. Whereas me and Jason, I think, are a bit more kind of singer-songwriters, um, classic rock. I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. I've always been. That's in terms of my favourite band. That, that They're right up there. Um, but again, the singer-songwriters, the, the the Mike Scotts of the Waterboys, the, the Dylans, the Youngs, people like David Gray, things like that. But yeah, I think there's a combination of different things. There's definitely some folk elements, some uh, singer-songwriter elements, but uh, there's, there's movements into rock and some ambience as well. Out of all those influences, who'd be the biggest thrill for you personally to work with? You know, in terms of um, 
songwriters, I, I rate Mike Scott very highly. I always have lyrically and musically. Um, it was music I was brought up on. Um, and then when I finally got the chance to see the band live, um, which was at Hebkilt, which was, you know, when I was a lot younger, in the original um, kind of, uh, I wouldn't say smaller, but the, the they had a smaller tent and it was a smaller audience. Um, and it was quite a, quite a close performance with a band that were really on fire at the time. Um, I know he's got a, a, um, a reputation as sometimes, you know, floating so many musicians in and out of the band, but they just came together that night and, and they sounded fantastic. And there was something in my head that just clicked. And I thought, well, I'm going to give this a try. Um, not necessarily wanting to go and chase the dream of, of being a full-time musician, but I wanted to try and write my own music and get what I can out of it. Um, and, and that's what happened. But yeah, it would be fantastic to do something with with Mike Scott. I was actually, I was really lucky last year um, during the lockdown, I, I did a, a cover version of one of his songs and he actually commented on it um, just to kind of congratulate us on, on doing a, what must have been a, a, you know, a passable effort at it. Um, but uh, no, that was that was a special moment. You know, that was uh, me bouncing around in the house, thinking, you know, what what a moment. You know, so if I don't do anything else in, in this life, I can I can always have that. You know, that was for Strange Boat. Where did yeah. you get the Where did you get the idea to do a cover of that? Was it just a, a favorite song, or yeah, just a song, a song that's always clicked with me. And, and I thought I, th I think it's it was particularly relevant during the lockdown times. Um, you know, we're all navigating this the strange. Um, environment uh, at the moment and I just thought the lyrics in terms of you know sailing in a strange boat um, just kind of clicked with me I thought well I'll, I'll, I'll try and do a cover of this and I'll got a friend of mine Jane Hipper McMillan to come and play fiddle on it and my brother socially distanced from our our, 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 our home in, in Gress was playing in, in the in the garage behind us and we just filmed it with wind and all it was just very raw and it's probably the, the the most lo-fi recording we could have done but uh, no, it just seemed to strike a chord, and I was really pleased that he he gave it a, he gave it a thumbs up. How has lockdown been for you and the band? How have you have you coped with the the gap that we've all had? It's, it's been it's, it's certainly been difficult. Um, I think you know we because we can't be in the same room, we couldn't be in the same room together for such a long time. We all had to find our own individual ways to try and remain creative um, so I I started putting together a home studio which I think so many musicians did at the same time just as a way to continue writing and mixing. I did a few um, lockdown live streams to keep me busy and keep me on my toes uh, which was a good experience. We tried I think initially we tried and then as I'm sure a lot of bands did we thought well we can we can video call everybody, so why, why don't we just try and have a rehearsal over video call? And it was just a total disaster. Uh, <laughs> if everything was out of sync and horrible. So we soon had to give up on that. But uh, any ideas and stuff that I was writing or recording, I would I would send to them and, and share it. And I was collaborating with some other people as well um, during the process. And that kept, kept me busy, but I certainly missed the opportunity to play live in front of an audience. I missed being able to to just you know rock up to a rehearsal space with my pals and, and play that was that was certainly missed but uh we're, we're so glad now that we've had the chance to come back together and, and this was the first thing that we've done since um come out and do this black bay session so we're we're very very thankful 
as hard as it's been, as difficult as the situation has panned out, has that given you a time to perhaps reflect or or maybe even learn something about yourself that, that surprised you? Um, I think I think it kind of hammered home how important creativity is to me um, in terms of, you know, keeping your keeping your, your mental health in check and, you know, making sure that you, you try and, and deal with the issues that are outside. Um, I mean, it's it's always, creatively, it's always been a good output for me to, to sing and write songs. Um, and then because I wasn't necessarily able to do it in a, in a rehearsal or a live environment, that, that I certainly missed that. And I think it just taught me that I need to, I need to try and find the, you know, that gap that's left. I have to try and fill it with my own creativity and keep busy. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good in that regard. Um, I haven't written as much as I would have liked, but, but I've written some. And, you know, we've, we've written what I would now consider probably to be a, a new album of material through this lockdown. So um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, that that's what you're going to hear at the Hib session, some brand new songs, uh, three brand new songs that we've, we've just kind of, they've come off the conveyor belt, ready to go. So, yeah, I suppose that's, that's a lesson that's, that's taught me just to, even, even when everything around us is closed down and, you know, everything else is, is, is out of bounds, you can still remain creative and happy in your own space. You just have to kind of think outside the box a wee bit as to how you can be creative from a spare room in your house. And co- collaborating as well has been a big thing for me as well. I, I haven't done as much collaboration in the past as I would have liked. And during the lockdown, it's, it's forced me to, to really collaborate with people. And, you know, that. And, and at the end of the day, that's always going to be to the betterment of your music. Um, getting all these different stands and, you know, that there's no point being precious about your music. If somebody can add something that's going to improve it, then absolutely, why not? So I think that's been a big lesson as well. So looking back to some of your previous work, um, the Billboard DP, Silent Vision, Chapter's End, Endless Wave and the Spectrum of Colours. And I think, what, 2020? Was that when you had Keep Me In Your Heart? Keep Me In Your Heart, yeah. Yeah. How, how does the work from that period compare through what you've been doing in lockdown, would you say? Has it altered much? Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I think we're we're getting a bit braver. Um, a lot of the songs that we've released over the last couple of years, we we have been. I've been sitting on them for quite some time. So our sound has has changed. Um, I was fortunate enough that a a good friend of mine gave us um, three rain over a, a home studio of his that he has in about 2016-17. And so we recorded a lot of music there for um, an album, which I'm hoping will appear in the coming months. I'm, I'm, I'm just working on the mixing of it just now. But I can already tell, listening to the, the newer stuff that we've recorded and comparing it to what we've done in you know 2016 onwards, it's it, it just feels a bit bolder. It feels like there's a bit more confidence in ourselves playing together. Um, the the band is, is is now you know i'd like to think you know as well oiled as we can be you know rehearsing well and, and playing well and, and you, you you get that when you're with a the same group of people for a certain amount of time then you have confidence in each other's abilities you don't second guess or overthink things people will instinctively know how the song is going to come together and we'll all contribute um to it so I think the biggest thing that, that you'll hear in, in terms of the audio difference is maybe a bit more confidence, a bit more bravery in what we're doing. Um, but, you know, not not escaping the sound that we have too much. Um, but, 
you know, just just trying to push the boat out a wee bit more. What was it like getting back together with the band after such a long layoff? Because obviously you've just seen some people in passing, but actually getting yeah. the, the kit out again and, and going at it, it must have been brilliant. It, it was it was a fantastic experience. I mean, we were we were all really excited to get back together in the same room and um we were all a bit rusty, you know. There's no point lying. We were all a, a wee bit um, not quite at, at the at the level of performance that we we should should be. But um, it soon came back to us, um, and just to hear the first kind of notes out of an amplifier, the first beats on a on a drum kit, first bass notes, it just it sounded fantastic. And and it was just like it was like it was almost like the the passage of time between hadn't really been there. It was just back in business, you know, back with your friends, playing, making music again, and, and just being excited. You were part of the four court gigs at Anlanter mm-hmm. previously. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a nice synergy that it's going to be shown there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that was a nice experience as well. It's the first time I've I, I've really ever played outdoors, to be honest, apart from, you know, festival uh, environments. But um, yeah, it was a, a chance to do a solo set, which I haven't done in quite some time. Uh, managed to play some of my new songs um, and for me it, it, it makes what makes it worthwhile is if there's only just one person or two people that you speak to after a gig and they enjoyed it and maybe there's the possibility that they might go and, and listen to your other material that's what makes it all worthwhile you know so all these different experiences if you can pick up just one or two people um, who like what you're playing who show an interest or give you that encouragement it just that that's the ultimate payment for it really and, and that was a, another good experience because I met a couple of people who had never heard me before there was a couple of of people who had traveled here on holiday and there was a chance for them to hear my music but yeah it was, it was it's, an, it's an interesting experience um, it's not often you play a gig with cars going past and traffic dogs barking uh, at one point somebody who I think had had slightly too many cokes and Shandy's uh, wandered in and started having an argument with one of his mates. Um, so it was just like being back and playing the pubs again, <laughs> really. That's what it felt like. How do you hope this will be received and what do you hope to give the audience in return? Uh, I hope I hope it'll be received well. Um, there is, you know, the, hopefully the island audience, which we, we hope will support us and and watch this but I think you know that the fact that this now is to be you know delivered to hopefully a global audience I think it's going to be a bit of a, a taster as to what we're doing on the island what the the local scene is about I've always felt it's a, an island that just breeds creativity uh, at a very high level in, in different styles and, and of music and I think this will be a it'll be a good um, showcase for Pete's facility as well as uh, as and also to his his audio work and also to Dave's uh, camera work, but I think I think the the, the objective that the Graham and, and the team had was you know let's let's give people a taste of what's happening up here in the alternative contemporary range of music and you know something that's just a wee bit to the side of of you know we have a very strong traditional scene up in the islands which is 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 you know that's always been you know quite strong uh, and this is just a, another section of, of the music sphere that we have on the island that they can they can give people a taste of how did that happen then how did you go down the, the road you did as opposed to picking up a fiddle like everyone else i i really that i mean it's i never really had the the interest to do the the traditional side of music and and that's you know that's not knocking it i have so much respect for for the people that Play, play in that scene because the you know it, it's 
all, all instruments are difficult, but when you see some of the timings and the key changes and, and work that these guys put in on the different instruments, you, you can't help but be amazed. But uh, for me, I wasn't really involved in, in, in the, the kind of the normal battle of the bands type scene, which was strong here for many years. All of my friends were in bands. I didn't play in a band, didn't play an instrument. And I think one day in my teens, I just decided, well, I quite fancy playing guitar. Got this old guitar that we had in our house that was hanging on the wall for years. Um, strings like fence line. Uh, played that, made all my fingers bleed for a long time. Finally learned some chords. And then I think for me, I, I always... I always was, well, I try to be as creative as I can. Beforehand, um, I was into drawing and painting and things through school. I went to university to do art. Didn't necessarily have a particularly good experience doing that and then ended my, well, ended my uh, degree and came back home. And I think I just didn't want to touch pencils or pens or paint again. And I thought, well, the creative gap, let's try and put music into it. And, and that's really what it's done for me. It's replaced art. And that's now it's it's just a guitar and and singing, and I think one you know at one point once I'd amassed enough material to be able to play a gig, I just kind of plucked up the courage one day, and I think it was in about two thousand and seven or eight, and played my first gig, and and I haven't looked back as they say. I've, I've always kept doing it consistently through the years since, and I just enjoyed it. It's just a key part of my life. Do you think there's going to be scope at some time in the future to? take what you're doing and blend it with some of the more traditional scene? Absolutely. I, I think now that I've, you know, I feel a lot more confident in, in collaborating and I realise the positive impact that it can have, I'd love to do something like that. I mean, you look at things like the Waterboys, you know, and, and they have, you know, the, the fusions of, of traditional in with their, which at their heart are singer-songwriter songs. Um, so I'd love to do something like that. And there's so many artists up here to choose from, to ask, um, to get involved. So I'd absolutely love to do that. I'd love to put together something that's, that maybe has a theme through it um, in terms of our island life. And then, you know, let's see what we can do with different instrumentation and, and a traditional edge to it. And across the music scene, you've, you've mentioned there's so much creativity here. Mm -hmm. who, who sticks out for you the most? Who really appeals in terms of, how they approach things? Oh, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's so many. I mean, I, I every year we we also put together a small, smaller festival than than Hebkeld, a small festival that kind of focuses on the alternative scene. And I'm always amazed by the wealth of talent that we have. Um, you know, we've got some excellent acts. Um, you know, I, I've always been admirers of of people like you, know, Willie Campbell, who's a fantastic songwriter. Uh, consistently has been for for many years and now he's producing his own music um it's, it's just it's just limitless for him now you know what he can he can achieve um and people like colin who's kind of colin's kind of stretched out into the mainstream you know to degree and and, and well-deserved fantastic songs a great band uh, and then you've got slightly, you know, different kind of things like um, you've got Mother Night um, is another band up here that's kind of doing electronica type music. Um, and you've got, you know, the slightly heavier sound like the Broken Ravens, uh, who are, you know, absolute rock monsters in terms of, of going to one of their gigs and, and just the, the riffage. And, but there's so many, there's so many to choose from. And, and um, you know, they all have their own individual kind of uh, talents and skills um, and it's it's just a wealth a wealth of, of different uh, 
different styles and, and, and characters in, in the local scene. Also, this is all about the survival sessions and a stepping stone for Hepkilt to get back to its 25th anniversary celebrations. What does Hepkilt mean to you? And do you think it's left a giant gap over a period it's been absent? Yeah, yeah, I think it's 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 sorely missed. Um, you know, not just from a, an economic standpoint to the islands, but but also from a, as an attraction for audiences, uh, as something that the the local uh, the locals always look forward to. It's always something to be excited for as the summer arrives, as the weather improves, and then your your town starts getting busier. Um, you know, there's a feeling, there's a there's a certain a certain feeling that comes every year with festival time, um, which has been sorely missed. And hopefully, you know, this this absence, as as unfortunate as it is, is just going to let people realise how much they they're going to miss it, and how much they're going to appreciate it when it comes back. Uh, so back with a bang, hopefully next year, and uh, hopefully a celebration richly deserved for 25 years of a lot of hard work behind the scenes and and, and a lot of um, a lot of memories. Yeah. And for everybody taking part in the survival sessions like yourself, what would your message to them be? Um, I think we, I think we would all just have, you know, we will we'll all be just grateful that we've had this opportunity. It might never happen again. We've, we've been able to, to be, feel like, you know, proper professional musicians for a day, you know, rock star treatment, fantastic studio, great environment, lots of post-production and, um, and work on, on the, on the mixes and, and the video work. So it's, and it's a memento that we'll have for life. You know, we can always look back on it. And, and feel like we've achieved something, you know, just to even just to showcase what we can do and to allow people to, you know, to sample that. And, and, and if they do have an interest, then they'll be able to find us online and, and hopefully spread the word to somebody else. But I think everybody that's involved, uh, Scott and, and, and Callum um, and, and, and the other bands, I think they'll just be delighted, delighted that, you know, we've been part of this and, and very thankful that the festival have given us this opportunity. You've been listening to Survival Sessions by Heb Kilt. Today's producer and editor was Callum Fraser. Marketing and promotion is by Peter Kane from the Kane Partnership. The show is written and recorded at Skook Media Associates. The cover art is by 999 Design. The show's title music is by Nightworks. And today's host is myself, Sean Milne. For more information and how to get your passes, visit hebkiltfest.com. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast for our next episode.